Welcome to episode five of the OT podcast. I am your guy, Ryan Smith, with my guy, Cam Clark. What's up? Thursday night, the NBA draft, the 2018 NBA draft took place, and we, as promised, are going to be um, recapping the draft and giving our draft grades um, alphabetically for each team. And um, with that being said, Cam, let's go ahead and let's get started. Um, the Atlanta Hawks um, actually drafted Luka Doncic, and there was a trade that was made that sent um, Oklahoma guard Trey Young to Atlanta. I really like what Atlanta did with their draft. As a matter of fact, I you know I felt like they might have had the best draft, and reason being, um, they really modeled their draft based off sort of what the Golden State Warriors did with looking with guys that were prolific shooters. Um, As a matter of fact, one of the major scouts that um, was responsible for scouting Steph Curry in Golden State is now the head scout or lead scout for Atlanta. And they took Trey Young, which is definitely a guy that the Hawks needed to fill the stands a guy that is comparable, or at least people compare him to Steph Curry. And then, uh, so they went at, with, with the fifth pick, they went with Trey Young. And then it just so happens that they take a six foot seven shooting guard and Kevin Herter at 19. Now, that sounds pretty familiar. Sounds like a familiar height. Maybe somebody like, oh, I don't know, maybe Clay Thompson. Uh, you know, maybe somebody of that nature. Maybe they're trying to, the Hawks are trying to nail a Steph and um, Clay combination. In Atlanta. Now, many of that would know Kevin Herter will basically say that Herter resembles a little bit, his game resembles a little bit of Mike Miller. Um, a Mike Miller fe- a feel to him, but definitely got some shooters there. And then they ended with the 30th pick by taking Omari Spillman, um, a six foot 10 center out of Villanova. Um, another big guy that can stretch the floor and shoot the ball. So the Hawks made it very clear, Cameron, that they were looking for shooters in this draft, and I think they found three at three different positions. How do these three new Atlanta Hawks fit in with the current Atlanta Hawks? I think it was smart of Atlanta to take these guys. They see the climate of the NBA, how it's becoming a three-point shooting league, and it already is a three-point shooting league with the Warriors creating their little dynasty going on over here. But ultimately, I just love the decision they made, taking Trey Young at number five. It reminds me of what the Celtics did. They knew they wanted Jason Tatum, so they made the trade to trade down and uh, give the Mavericks that third pick. And, you know, I just love the direction the Hawks are going. They, I think they're going to cut ties with Dennis Schroeder giving room for Trey Young to grow into that uh, franchise player spot. And it'll be interesting to see how things work out in the development. What would you give the Hawks for a draft grade, Cameron? I would give them, I would probably give them an A. I mean, I'm definitely seeing an A, possibly an A plus, but we're gonna we're gonna roll with an A. Al Horford is getting very old. He's getting old. They're looking for a replacement. The Boston Celtics had the 27th overall pick, and falling into their laps was Robert Williams. Crazy. Now. I am not a Robert Williams guy, and I will tell you that I'm not a Robert Williams guy. I'm not a Robert Williams guy when it comes to the sense of being a lottery pick. But at pick 27, 
that's a really, really good value. That's a steal right there. I mean, you're getting a six foot nine uh, power forward that has a nice stroke to him, and that is just a rim breaker. Um, that guy dunks everything around the rim. Um, Robert Williams, at one point last year, was considered a top 10 possible pick. Um, and there were questions about his attitude and questions about his work ethic. Um, and I'm sure Brad Stevens will get the best out of Robert Williams. I mean, to me, big time, the Celtics score a possible lottery pick at number 27, and the rich just keep getting richer. How do you see Robert Williams fitting in with the Boston Celtics? I've been saying this from the start. This has been a guard-rich draft and there, and there are very few big men that are going in the lottery. And Robert Williams was one of those guys I thought would go in the lottery. So him falling to the 27 spot, I mean, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, they would love to have a guy with that much uh, talent just available at that spot. So they had to take him. And I think that um, Brad Stevens will get the most out of this guy, no matter what he's capable of. People see him as just an above-the-rim player, uh, maybe one-dimensional, but I think defensively he's going to give Celtics that boost. They're known for their grit and grind. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how Brad Stevens can work with this big guy. And I'm gonna, so I'm also, too, going to give the Celtics an A for this pick. Yeah. Zanon Musa, the Bosnian small forward, 187 pounds, went pick 29 overall to Brooklyn. And Brooklyn didn't stop there by taking uh, a pick number 40, another international player um, from Latavia. Um, and Musa, the big thing with him, and we liked him. I liked him a lot when watching the video. He reminded me of, of, of a Peja Stojakovic type of player. Um, has a really good knack for scoring. But then again, uh, you know, we know that with international guys, it's so hard to tell. Um, Dwight Howard just came over in a trade to Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn still has a long way to go. I mean, it. it I mean, it, you know, both both of these international guys have a way to go. I do think Musa is the better of the two. Um, I think I can. How do you pronounce these other guys' names? Rondians, Kukas. I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, but yeah, for me. Brooklyn has a long way to go. I don't really see this as, a, as being a, a great pick. I give them a C-plus for, for their draft. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn's still about five or six years of lottery picks yeah. away. I, I would say Brooklyn's just stuck right now. Um, I would say they should have traded up, but really they don't have anything to trade. They traded away all their value uh, for the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett sweepstakes, and they're still paying still for hunting. that. Still paying for that today. Um, I think that they made the most out of their picks, but really they, I mean, they didn't really add anything. It's Brooklyn's just not a great place to be in right now. They're not a great, uh, they're just not in a great spot. And I would say I would give them like a, maybe a B minus at best, but I would say C plus too, probably is the best grade for that. The Charlotte Hornets had the 12th overall pick. They took Miles Bridges in a trade with the Clippers. The Clippers sent Bridges to Charlotte. Bridges lefty, uh, small forward, 6'7", 220 pounds. Um, well, I will immediately go in and, and get a lot of PT there in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte also, from a uh, trade from the Atlanta Hawks, gets a backup point guard in Devontae Graham, a guy that will 
looked to spell Kemba Walker some minutes. Um, and then at pick 55, Arnoldus Kalboka, six foot nine small forward um, from Lithuania. Um, don't really have a lot of feelings about this pick, man. I, you know, Bridges, it's just okay. You know, it's just this is just an okay draft. I mean, it's just I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping, you know, in, in hoops about this pick. Um, they passed up on Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, so, um, but when you get your guy, you get your guy. So, what do you think? Honestly, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I'm a big Miles Bridges guy. Even though his season didn't prove that he improved much, I think he just has a, a physical talent that you don't see that come around that often. So I actually like what the Hornets did here. They're going to pair him up with uh, Malik Monk. And I like Devontae Graham as that backup point guard for Kemba. But who knows how long Kemba's going to be in a Charlotte uniform. We'll see about that. But I kind of I do like this young core that uh, Charlotte is starting to work with. Every, every year or so, they seem to have a random spur where people think they might make the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. We don't know what the climate of LeBron leaving the East, if that's a possibility. But I do like the partner, the partnering of Miles Bridges and Malik Monk. Very dynamic. The Chicago Bulls drafted seven. And they took Wendell Carter Jr. I like the pick for the Bulls. I think Wendell Carter uh, was the fourth option at Duke. Uh, he's the fourth option because, once again, the, the, the game in college, especially, has become a three-point shooting game. Grayson Allen shot a lot. Gary Trent shot a lot. And then Marvin Bagley is one of the best players in the country. So, um, you know, Wendell Carter kind of took a back seat and, 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 did, and did it without complaining. Um, brings a lot to the table, 6'10". Um, can, can block shots, can rebound. Um, you know, my question about the only, my only question about this pick is you have a seven footer in Laurie Markinen and a six foot ten guy in Wendell Carter, Carter Jr. who bar, who both aren't really physical specimens. So I, I wonder how Carter will fit in um, and how they will flip flop and how that would work with him and Markinen. Considering though. Carter doesn't have a lot of weight to him, but he does all, he does play more inside where Lowry's more perimeter-oriented at 7-foot. And then with pick 22, they took uh, Chandler uh, Hutchinson, a um, uh, kid from Boise State. Um, prolific scorer at Boise State. Didn't shoot it as well as a senior that he had in the past, but uh, definitely a guy that can uh, guard multiple positions. And, uh, you know, could be a, 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 a nice sub for Chicago. Um, I don't know if I see Chandler Hutchinson being a big player in Chicago, but um, we'll definitely see. How does, how does Wendell Carter and Chandler Hutchinson fit in Chicago? Yeah. Wendell Carter Jr., I believe, might be the most underrated prospect in this entire draft, considering he had to share the floor with Marvin Bagley. That's not easy to do and almost average a double-double with uh, 13 and a half points and almost 10 rebounds. Very impressive, very underrated. I, I like what he does. He does a little bit of everything. I remember ESPN uh, had a player comparison to Carlos Boozer, who himself was a bull at one point. But the problem that I have with this pick 
is everything that Wendell Carter does reminds me of what Bobby Portis could do coming into the NBA and what he already does do. But Bobby Portis, I feel like he's reached the ceiling right now as just a, a, a little bit of do-it-all, but not enough. Maybe a six-man at best. And I'm really hoping that Wendell Carter Jr. proves me wrong, showing that he has true star potential. But if his ceiling is Bobby Portis, we don't need another Bobby Portis. Chicago doesn't need another Bobby Portis. I give the Bulls a C+. LeBron James may be leaving Cleveland. He may be leaving the Cavaliers. So the Cavaliers needed to do something that ate to splash. And I believe they did with Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, to me, was the best point guard in this draft. Colin Sexton has speed for days. He can get to the rim. And in the open floor, he's just phenomenal. Does need to work a little bit more on his passing ability. His passing does need to improve and get better. However, at Alabama, he was asked to score the ball. And that's what he turned himself into, is, is a scorer. Um, and I think from a true point guard standpoint, he's, you know, this is exactly what Ty Lue and Cleveland needs, especially if this is post-LeBron. If this is post-LeBron, uh, and it is going to be a Kevin Love team, they're going to need a point guard that's going to really be able to facilitate. If LeBron does surprise everybody and stay in Cleveland, LeBron gets to work with somebody that's got, you know, the ability to uh, create for him. Um, I love this pick. Uh, by the way, we did not give a grade for Chicago. I, give, I gave uh, Chicago a B plus, um, and I, I am definitely going to go um, an A minus on this pick for Cleveland with Colin Sexton. What do you see Colin Sexton in Cleveland as? I love Colin Sexton. I think if LeBron leaves, Colin Sexton could be for Cleveland what Damian Lillard was for Portland coming out of the draft. Possibly an all-star within his first few years if he reaches that potential. His ceiling seems very high. Just, just a very dynamic score. I think he is the most skilled point guard coming out of college. I know Trey Young has great shooting ability, great court vision, but for me, Colin Sexton seems to have that tenacity. He seems to have his head on straight to where he can be have that killer instincts at the end of games. I just really love Colin Sexton. I think Cleveland couldn't have chose anyone better at the number eight spot. I would give them, I think I would have to give them an A on this on this pick. Wednesday night, I was talking to my guy, Zach Dunford. Zach Dunford is a Laker fan. He asked me about Luka Doncic. He said, Luka Doncic's going to go three, because that's what the OT podcast had him going, which we were right on a lot of picks, Cam. We did a pretty good job. However, he looked like a Dallas Maverick, which is exactly what I said. I said he looks like a Maverick. So when this trade happened, I laughed to myself thinking, man, Mark Cuban got his guy. Yeah. He got his guy. Uh, this is going to create excitement in Dallas. You know, and I think everybody, I think everybody in the country is, 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 is going to be ready and tuned in to see what Luka Doncic uh, really is and what he really can be uh, for Dallas. Um, they also took Jalen Brunson at 33, an absolute winner uh, there. I got into an argument with a Pacers fan uh, this week uh, who felt like they 
didn't want to take Jalen Brunson, and I'm thinking, man, you, you were out of your mind. Out of your mind. Uh, Ray Spalding from Louisville, six foot uh, ten. No, six foot ten. He's about six eight. Six ten, two fifteen from Louisville. Um, it was actually traded from Philadelphia um, to Dallas. Um, just really kind of a backup player, maybe a maybe a G League guy there, Ray Spalding. Um, and then um, and that is Kustas. Um, this is the Greek freak's brother. Yes, sir. Who was taken uh, very last pick of the draft at pick 60 from the University of Dayton, 6'11", small forward. Um, there's a, a, a lot of people that were actually kind of upset with that pick. Um, didn't think that he really belonged. Um, once again, this is probably a G League guy that they will look to develop. And, you know, and Mark, Mark Cuban's very big on the G League. So, you know, I could see Spalding and um, Costas going down and uh, working in the G League and getting back. But I definitely see Brunson as a backup point guard. And then Luka Doncic will be um, a guy from day one. I give this I give this a uh, – I'm going to give this an A, A-type draft. What do you think, Cam? I like what they did here, definitely. Luka Doncic, I think he'll be a special player. Um, I don't know if he'll be like a once a generational player that comes once once every 10 years, but I think he has something special. Um, his passing ability is amazing. I like Jalen Brunson a lot. He's a winner. He's got championships under his belt. I feel like you can't go wrong taking this guy, um, especially in the second round. That's a good that's a good steal. Ray Spalding. I just think he, he had, he's one of those tall, talented prospects that you just got to take some time in the draft. They did good with that. And you know what? Why not take a chance on a guy who shares genes with the Greek freak? If you're 6'11 and you're a small forward and your brother is Giannis Antetokounmpo, hey, what, what, what do you have to lose at the 60th spot? You know, at, at best, you know, he's Greek freak 2.0. The Denver Nuggets with the 14th pick in the draft. Drafted Michael Porter Jr. A lot to be talked about here. Because Michael Porter Jr. Jr. played 53 minutes of college basketball due to an injury. He now has a back issue. So whoever drafted him knew that there was going to be the possibility that he is not playing in 2018 and 2019. So... I'm looking at this this pick. This is a low-risk, high-reward move for Denver. If you are picking in the first five picks and you take Michael Porter Jr. and he doesn't make it, and medically he never clears and he becomes a bust, you will look back on this draft as the moment in time that you lost your franchise. But if you're 14... You're the 14th pick in the draft, and you take Michael Porter Jr., and he turns out to be a bust? He didn't lose anything. He was picked 14th. Donovan Mitchell was chosen 13th or 14th the year before. So, really, you look at it and say, well, he was just a 14th round pick. But if this guy, if Michael Porter Jr. comes back and he becomes a perennial all-star which he thinks, then you look, as you're the, if you're the Denver Nuggets front office, 
you turn around and go, we got this guy at 14. And it becomes the greatest steal maybe in the NBA draft history. It could be. So to me, this was a low risk, high reward. And if Michael Porter Jr. becomes what Michael Porter Jr. believes that he can be and get back to, which was the number one or number two player in his incoming class, kudos to the Denver Nuggets and a slap to everybody else that did not take him. So I am 100% in love with the Nuggets making this pick. Low risk, high reward. As a matter of fact, at 41, they went Jared Vanderbilt, the small forward out of the, out of the University of Kentucky. Um, I got him listed as 6'9 in here. That's not accurate. He's about 6'7. But Jared Vanderbilt, once again, low risk, high reward. The guy stayed injured in college. Let's see if this guy can live up to the billing that he was supposed to be at Kentucky. Let's give him a year. And then if he comes, if Jared Vanderbilt turns out to be, well, you know, something special, great. We took the risk on him. If he doesn't, well, then we took him 41st. And it becomes, you know, I think Denver was very smart in their draft. They took Justin Jackson of 43, um, a sophomore small four from the University of Maryland. Jackson's probably a, a, um, a D-league guy. He definitely has a lot of work. And Thomas Welsh, uh, Welsh the seven-foot senior um, from UCLA, got a nice nice mid-range game. I can see Welsh being um, a depth guy there um, in Denver. But, man, I'm going to say I'm going to give I'm going to give the Nuggets an A-minus on this because I, I just I liked it. I liked what they did. You know, I think that Michael Porter Jr. is definitely – you can't pass on him outside of the lottery, I believe, no matter how much the risk is. I am pretty concerned about the medical reports that came out considering that many teams passed on him. And even news came out that the Washington Wizards, if he was available at the, at the number 15 pick, they were going to pass on him, which is crazy to me. So it, it sounds like his, his medical reports were something to be very concerned about. But yet again, his ceiling is so high. Uh, his player comp, comp was Kevin Durant, for goodness sake. I mean, if you get a guy uh, with that length that can shoot that well, I think you've got to take a chance on it. Um, Jared Vanderbilt. Denver Nuggets is one of, the, one of those teams that love these Kentucky guys uh, paired up with Jamal Murray and Trey Lyles. So I, I can see Jared Vanderbilt being a, a high-reward type player with his rebounding ability. Some might say he, he can be the motor that they need, like a Draymond Green. Uh, I like what they did with Justin Jackson at the 43rd pick. That's a great that's a great place to take him. And Thomas Welsh, I think that I could also give them an A-minus on the draft grade too. The Detroit Pistons did not have a first-round pick. But at 38, they took Kyrie Thomas, six-foot-four point guard from the University of Creighton, who we had at the OT Podcast going in the first round. For With a backcourt that struggled as much last year, of course, this, this, this uh, pick came from Philadelphia. With a backcourt that struggled as much as Detroit's did last year, you gotta think, that, you gotta think Detroit loved this pick. I mean, this guy, this guy fell right into their lap, um, who was a very nice player, who uh, I think is, it will be a, a solid pro um, in Detroit. And they also took Bruce Brown Jr., um, six foot five shooting guard from Miami. Um, hey, man, you know, two guys that I feel were 
um, very underrated, uh, very undervalued. And Detroit got both of them to try to bolster up that backcourt. And I say kudos to the Pistons. They get a, um, a B for my draft and um, good job. And, you know, I'd like to see these guys, you know, fit in there in Detroit. What do you think, Cam? I think Kyrie Thomas, uh, him slipping that far in the draft is a great pickup for Detroit. And, you know, that's really all there is to it. I think that they got some guys that um, should have been a little bit higher and they got some steals. I give them a B minus. The Golden State Warriors don't need any players. It's just that simple. But they knew they do need to start getting a little bit younger, a little bit faster. And uh, the Golden State Warriors at 28 took Cincinnati small forward Jacob Evans the third. Evans a three and D guy, um, a, a, a versatile defensive player can guard multiple positions. Um, average three-point shooter, um, but definitely works better in an offense where he doesn't have to be the main guy because he was really never the main guy at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, has a 42-inch vertical. Um, very athletic. Uh, as a matter of fact, Draymond Green was to be said to be the point man on this draft as he was the one that loved Jacob Evans. Uh, the scouts had really been on Jacob Evans pretty strong and they feel that he is going to fit the mold. And uh, Steve Kerr said that whoever we draft will be in our regular rotation because it's no secret that this dynasty is going to be coming to an end here pretty soon, especially with uh, some free and the money is going to get higher and uh, people are going to start going elsewhere. Um, a good pick uh, for Golden State. I give this pick a, uh, a B. Um, so what do you? how do you think about Jacob Evans, and what do you think about him fitting in with the Golden State system? I believe that whoever the Golden State Warriors pick will definitely get some PT, no matter how great the team is. We see players like Patrick McCall coming in, getting minutes. We see players like, uh, let me think here, who did they pick last year? Oh, they picked Jordan Bell in the second round, uh, cash considerations guy from the Chicago Bulls, and he was getting play, uh, decent playing time in the NBA Finals, which is crazy to me. So I trust that uh, the Golden State Warriors and their camp has got the guy that they want and that he'll be big for them um, and probably play for them pretty soon in the season. The Houston Rockets took point guard DeAnthony Melton at 46. A guy that left early, a guy that we had going late first round in the OT podcast. There's not a lot to be desired with Melton. Because I think he came out way too soon. However, to be able to sit behind Chris Paul and develop, I think is fantastic. You know, because this guy's arguably going to be playing his junior year behind Chris Paul. What a great person to sit behind and develop. So the Rockets took DeAnthony Melton um, at pick number 46. Um, you know, solid pick here. Solid pick. Give this pick a B. Um, they also were able to uh, snag uh, Cincinnati power forward Gary Clark Jr. off waivers. Um, there are some rumors that Chris Capella 
P.J. Tucker could uh, maybe sliding on their way out here this offseason. Um, so Clark would be actually a really good addition as they signed him to a uh, two-way deal. So uh, the Anthony Melton, good fit here, Cam, for Houston. Yeah, I just think that this guy fell criminally low in a draft, and the Rockets did the best they could and just draft the best guy available. Um, I give them a B-minus for that. The Indiana Pacers need a point guard. And for my buddy that argued with me about Jalen Brunson, well, you got a point guard. It wasn't the one that you wanted, but it was Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday is a solid point guard. He is just a very good, safe pick here for Indiana. Um, He shoots the ball from the perimeter well, um, facilitates an offense you know, uh, fantastically had to play next to Alonzo ball for one year. And then finally, you know, became kind of the guy, um, this past year for UCLA and UCLA didn't have as a team, a very strong year, but, um, holiday did holiday had a, had a very solid year at UCLA, uh, and a good career. Uh, the Pacers took him at 23 and they also took Elise Johnson, um, power forward from Missouri State. Was not a big fan of that pick. Didn't like that pick very much. Um, Didn't play great competition down there. Um, I thought there was a couple of um, defensive 6'8 guys that they could have had um, drafted in that place. Um, So I'm going to go a a B-minus here with this uh, grade. Cam, uh, what do you think? I think the story for the Pacers is just getting a point guard in Aaron Holiday. If you have the last name Holiday, you ought to contribute a little bit in this in this league. So I think that Aaron Holiday was a great pick for the Pacers. Uh, get someone to run with Victor Oladipo. Could make another playoff run this year. Uh, I think the Pacers had a good draft. I'll give him a B. We said that the Los Angeles Clippers needed a couple of guards. We mocked Shea Gilgis-Alexander to Los Angeles. He was traded there by the Charlotte Hornets. SGA goes to Los Angeles. I love this pick. I love this pick. The Clippers are getting a fantastic player and a fantastic point guard at six foot six. And then they took Jerome Robinson at 13. This to me was the was the most was the most shocking pick of the draft. We had originally had Robinson in the OT podcast mock draft late first round with the possibility of sliding into the second. He went 13 to the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, I've seen Robinson play a couple times, and I think he's a nice player. But to taking 13, that was a shock. That this was the most shocking pick of the draft, you know, and it could be one that pans out and works out good for the Clippers. And then it could be one that they look back and say, wow, we could have really hit a home run here. We passed up on several really solid players. Um, And, man, I just don't know how I feel about this one, Cam. I don't know how I feel about this one. Love the SGA pick, but I'm on the wrong side of the fence right now with the Jerome Robinson uh, uh, pick as of right now. What do you think? I think that SGA was a perfect pick for them. Uh, 
via trade. And I do think that Jerome Robinson was a head-scratching pick. I think that the, it was a perfect opportunity to take uh, Michael Porter Jr., who is who was at, at that pick is still a low-risk, high-reward player, at, even at the 13th pick. I would have loved to see that happen. But, you know, I, I believe that, you know, the Clippers must have seen something in Jerome Robinson and had fear that another team would take something that they really wanted. And th- this looks like they got a little backcourt set for them to start the, the summer league with and uh, develop into. We'll see what happens with SGA and Jerome. Um, you know, just best of luck to them. I'll give them a I'll give them a C plus just because Jerome Robinson, I think that was just a little bit of a head scratching thing to do at number 13. You probably could have traded uh, like a second round pick. And, so, you know, I just think that you could you could have done better at the number 13. The Los Angeles Lakers took Mo Wagner with the 25th pick. I like the pick. I think Wagner's a nice player. I don't know if he's a starter in the NBA right away, but he will definitely be a productive player. This guy's tough. He plays hard. He's got a good jump shot. Can shoot the ball from three. I like the pick for Los Angeles. Um, they took uh, German point guard Isaac uh, Bonga. Um Six foot nine point guard. That's what the guy listed here. Six foot nine point guard at 39. Really just a guy that, you know, he might stay overseas and, you know, come back over um, later. Um, Mahalik, the six six uh, shooting guard from Kansas, was taken at 47. Um, a, a, a bench filler there, a guy that shoots the three ball pretty well. I'm not jumping for joy over this draft for the Lakers. What are the Lakers doing? What, 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 I mean, are we really just going to wait around every year to see if they can sign free agents? Because that's what they've done the past three years is sat on their hands and done absolutely nothing. They've drafted uh, guys that they feel, you know, they're, they're drafting guys in preparation uh, to land LeBron James and to, and to land Paul George, um, of course, you know uh, the, the the San Antonio Spurs came out today, uh, came out this week when asking if if the Lakers would trade for Kawhi Leonard, um, and uh, basically the San Antonio uh, uh, front office told him to go kick rocks. <laughs> basically, just told him to uh, uh, take a hike because it's not going to happen. And at least that's what that, at least that's what we're hearing. Um, so. What, what happens? What would happen? Now, I do think LeBron James, I have said it for a while, I do think he ends up in L.A. with Paul George. But what would happen if the Lakers, yet again, do not get any free agents? They get nobody that they want to get, and they're stuck with Luau Dang's huge contract. I mean, do you think that this is a possibility? I... By the way this draft looks, I, it looks like the Lakers feel that they have traction with possibly a max player this offseason. But, I mean, nothing is set in stone, I believe, yet. So if, if, if it pans out to where LeBron and his camp stays or goes somewhere elsewhere, this, this looks really bad on Los Angeles, considering they're in full rebuild right now. I mean, you would, have, you would think that being the Lakers, maybe they would have tried to trade up to get into the lottery. And to snag a piece to help Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle. Um, but they are set on 
the free agency. That's what they and, and I've heard it for every year. I hear you know the the, the, the media, the sports media. The Lakers are gonna get, get three ma- uh, max contract guys. That's what they're gonna get. They're gonna turn into a super team, and it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened for them, and uh, but we're gonna see, and only time will tell. The Milwaukee Bucks, the 17th overall pick. With the fourth overall pick, the Memphis Grizzlies took Jaron Jackson Jr. Of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. needed to uh, see enough from the coaching staff um, in Memphis because things are such a mess there to even want to work out for them or send his medical papers to Memphis. But apparently this week, he decided it would be an okay thing to do is to send his information to Memphis because he did not want to go to Memphis. Not many people want to go to Memphis right now because Memphis is a mess. Jaron Jackson Jr. was taken fourth overall. I am very clear when I tell people this. I am not a fan of Jaron Jackson Jr. He's got potential. His ceiling's high. But to take him fourth overall, I just don't see it. I just do not see it. Maybe in a couple of years, he develops. But Jaron Jackson Jr. lacks the dog mentality. He lacks that give me the ball, I'm going to I'm going to go get a bucket and I'm going to go cram. He's a standstill three-point shooter. He is long and in college he can use sky hooks and baby hooks over top of smaller defenders in the Big 10. But in the NBA over Andre Drummond, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, that post game will not work because that crap is getting swatted. Not a, I'm not a huge fan of Jaron Jackson. I actually thought Jaron Jackson looks more like a 10 through 15 kind of guy. Um, but to go four, that just blows my mind. Um, Javon Carter was taken 32nd. Um, a defensive, tough-minded guy out of the University of West Virginia. Anybody with a Bob that plays under Bob Huggins is just going to be tough defensively. Um, I thought that was really high to take Javon Carter. Um, I saw Carter more in the 40 to 50 range. Um, but the Grizzlies went out and got the guys that they wanted. Um, I give this a C. I give this a C minus. I'm just not a huge fan of what Memphis did. Yeah, I think Jaron Jackson. I agree with you. I think he's a victim of hype. The Memphis Grizzlies are a victim of this overhyped player. Uh, I. It, Averaging 10 points a game, yeah, he wasn't the number one option, but if you're that good of a player, you're going to take over more often. I feel like I could have taken Macau Bridges over this guy. Heck, I feel like I could have taken Miles Bridges over this guy. I definitely feel that he was not a top five player in this draft, but we'll, only time will tell. We, we'll have to see the development of this player, and I do like Carter. Um, definitely fits with the grit and grind that the Grizzlies are. Um, that's what they're all about. That's their culture right there. The Miami Heat and Toronto Raptors did not have a pick in this draft. They stayed quiet. I think the Raptors should have gotten involved somehow. 
I mean, I feel like the Raptors are close. Do you think they should have snuck their way in here somehow? I think they should have. The Milwaukee Bucks at pick 17 took Dante DiVincenzo. Sophomore guard from Villanova. He was the March Madness darling for Villanova and got himself into the top 20 with that performance. Um, Solid player. I like his game. Um, I am a little bit concerned that he had a he had a one month spurt where he was fantastic. Um, but of course, then again, he played next to Jalen Brunson and Michael Bridges and Omari Spellman. So he played with a lot of really good players at Villanova. So it could be that could be why he didn't make a lot of noise early and then came on strong late. The Bucks liked him enough to take him at 17. I'm okay with this pick. I feel like it's it, 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 it's an average pick. Uh, adds a really good another perimeter player uh, for Milwaukee, and um, you know, and the guy's just gonna continue to get better. Um, I give this a B for for this pick. Yeah, I'll tell you what. When I saw that uh, Dante going number 17, I had to chuckle to myself for a second. I said, "This guy's not a 17th overall pick. Come on now." But the more I had to sit there and think about it. And, and it came to me. I'm like, you know what? This guy is a Milwaukee Buck. Like, I think this is this is the type of shooting guard that the Bucks would need to fit in their system with uh, with lanky shooting shooting guards and more just shooters, sharp shooters. I think defense Genzo will be uh, it'll, it'll be good for the Bucks, and I think he fits into that system. So I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with him being the number 17th pick. I don't think he's the 17th best player in this draft, but I do think he is what Milwaukee needed, and you know that's not a terrible spot to take him. Just not what I would prefer at the number 17 pick. Minnesota at number 20 took Josh Akogi, 6'5 shooting guard from Georgia Tech. He wasn't even on our big board. He wasn't even on the OT podcast big board a couple weeks ago. But in the last couple weeks, he he slid into Minnesota at 20. Was not a big fan of this pick. I thought this was was a, a reach for Minnesota. And pick 48, Keita beats Diop, the junior, uh, Power forward from Ohio State, who had a really nice season for the Buckeyes. Um, you know they were able to get him at 48. Just you know, you know it's an okay pick. Okay pick there. Um, a lot of people had uh, uh, Bates Diop going in the first round. Uh, he slid here in the last few weeks. Um, I don't really feel. I feel nothing special about the Minnesota Timberwolves draft. I give them a C plus. You know, I just. They just added average, just average everything to this to this pick. Yeah, I feel like uh, base Diop was just a steal for them. Um, nothing much here. Just I, I would give him a I would give him like a B. The New Orleans Pelicans took Tony Carr at 51, Penn State sophomore point guard, six foot five, one ninety nine. Let's tell you something. I was running on a treadmill. At Planet Fitness. I watched the NIT tournament. Tony Carr put on a clinic. He put on a clinic in the NIT. I think this was a big time steal for New Orleans. This guy is big, he's physical, 
He can guard. He can shoot. He can do a little bit of everything, Cam. This was a really good pick here. As a matter of fact, this is a steal. And I think this is a B-plus pick for New Orleans. I like Tony Carr. He plays at Penn State. That's just all there is to it. There are a lot of teams that are better than Penn State. He took Penn State as far as he could take Penn State. And coming out as an underclassman at Penn State, phenomenal. I watched him the year before play against uh, uh, Duke in Cincinnati. He played really good in those games in which they were both which they were blew out by both teams. I like this pick by New Orleans. I think this is I think this they 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 absolutely drafted a winner. Yeah, I don't know much about Tony Carr, but well, you know, at the 51 pick, you you just take the best guy available and we'll just have to see how his development goes. Uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans, he could be a great guy behind Drew Holiday and the likes of Rajon Rondo. We'll see how that all goes around in free agency. Uh, but you know, I like this pick too. I'll give him I'll give him a B plus. The New York Knicks did New York Nick types of things in their draft. Meaning they reached for people. And uh, they got booed, which is very typical. Now, a lot of people were booing the pick of Kevin Knox at nine, not necessarily because of Kevin Knox, but they wanted Michael Porter Jr. Why? Because the Knicks are dying and starving for a name in that organization or franchise. We had Kevin Knox mocked at 15. He went nine. It was kind of the second, the second pick in that. It was the second occasion where I, I kind of scratched my head, like, "Well, oh, I did, I did not see that one coming." Um, now, with that being said, Knox's a nice player. You know, he's six nine. He can shoot the ball. He can score the ball. The Knicks are getting a good guy. They're getting a good prospect here. Um, I think Knox lacks toughness. Um, you know, and just he's he 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 kind of shies away from physical contact. I don't know how well he will do defensively in the NBA. Um, he just uh, it, it, that that dog mentality's there, but he's a young guy, young kid, has time to develop. He's got a great body. Um, a lot of people compared him to Tobias Harris. I see a lot of that in Kevin Knox. You know, so I think the Knicks are getting a, a good basketball player here, and they could have done they could have done much worse. Um, so kudos, Kevin Knox in New York. Did not like to take a Mitchell Robinson 36. Um, somebody was going to have to take the guy. The guy missed an entire year and went and uh, missed an entire year of basketball, was committed to Western Kentucky University, and then bailed on them um, for um, reasons that we are not sure of, um, which I believe a lot of people think they know exactly what happened down in Western Kentucky. Um so with this draft overall, I give this I give this uh, I give this draft a C plus. Not bad. Not a huge Mitchell Robinson guy, but you know maybe he turns out. But uh, Kevin Knox was an okay pick. What do they Cam? I like Kevin Knox as that number nine pick. I think that he he probably could have fell a little bit farther, but I don't. I think that he'll fit with New York and uh, could be a, a good player alongside Chris Stapps Porzingis. I think ultimately, though, the Knicks really do need a point guard out of this draft, and that's something that they did not get in this guard-rich draft. Especially having a number nine and 36 pick, they could have gotten they could have gotten a guard somewhere in there, even made a trade or two. Um, so I, I would give this like a C plus. I do like Kevin Knox a lot. I think he'll be great if he develops into the player that um, that his potential is showing that he could be, and that's like a prolific scorer. 
Uh, could be could be one of those a top 10 score in the NBA if he reaches that potential, I believe. Um, we'll just have to see. Time will tell. It's all come down, it all comes down to development, ultimately. The Oklahoma City Thunder took Hamadou Diallo. Well, actually, he was traded there from Charlotte um, to Oklahoma City. Um, a lot of unknowns about Diallo, his offensive ability, um, I mean, there's no doubt the guy can play in the open court and the guy's athletic as can be. Um, but, you know, a safe pick here, you know, just to really develop Diallo um, over the next couple of years. Um, really the guy, Devin Hall, at 40, uh, 50, 53, they took uh, another 3 and D guy that they um, see that will be able to come in and contribute immediately on defense. Um, you know, coming from a, um, a – um, a coach Bennett system that just a people that just really guard and really get after it. Um, so a lot of question marks about, um, you know, both of these guys and their offensive development, um, Diallo more, his defensive develop, development and his ability to hit perimeter shots. Um, but can't deny, uh, toughness and athleticism with this pick from, uh, Oklahoma city. I give this pick a, um, this pick a B minus. What do you think, Cam? I think that uh, Diallo is a safe guy um, to, to take here. I think a lot of Thunder fans are just happy uh, to get a young athlete like this guy. He, he's got some flashy moves in his arsenal. Um, I don't think there's really much going on here in OKC. I think that it's a lot of low-risk, high-reward type stuff going on late in the draft. So, I, I you know, I like what they did. I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus. The Orlando Magic took Mo Bamba with the number six pick. That was a good pick for Orlando. Didn't really see him going to Orlando, um, but it is what it is. Um, but you can't tell me that you don't think Bamba couldn't be a guy that averages 11 to 12 points. You know, maybe maybe uh, 10 to 11 rebounds, maybe 8 to 10 blocks. I mean, this guy, this guy is a prolific shot blocker. He's an outstanding defender for a guy his size. I don't know that he'll ever be a big scorer in the NBA. You know, he might have a game or two here or there where he puts up 20, um, but you know, he's not, that's just not his game. He's not really an offensive juggernaut. Um, however, I'm okay with, with Orlando and what they did. I think they're getting a, um, a rim protector and one of the best shot blockers. He, Mo Bamba could turn into be one of the best shot blockers the NBA has seen in a long time. Uh, they also took Melvin Frazier at 35, a, small, a shooting guard from the University of Tulane, um, who came on really strong this year, uh, who ha- um, scores the ball. Uh, at a high level. Uh, two decent picks here uh, for the Magic. I give this a B plus. What do you think? I mean, I like Mo Bamba at number six. I think the Magic would have liked to have Trey Young. Um, have we seen through some reports? Uh, they definitely could have used the offensive uh, weapon of Trey Young in the three-point shooting because they need a lot more scoring. Um, but you just can't pass up on Mo Bamba if you're, if you're selecting at that number six spot. He was the best option there. I like what they did. I'll give them a B plus. The Philadelphia 76ers needed to get more athletic on the wing. We originally had Lonnie Walker going to Philadelphia. But they got the most athletic guy in Zaire Smith. A 6'4 shooting guard. A guy in Zaire Smith that you're going to see um, in slam dunk competitions. Because this guy can absolutely sky. Now, with that being said, it's not as great of a score. Not as good of a score as Lonnie Walker. They had the opportunity to take Lonnie Walker. Um, They did not. 
Um, they uh, ended up uh, getting a trade from Phoenix, uh, and they took Landry Shamit um, with the 26th pick overall, um, uh, a point guard, uh, a scoring point guard from Wichita State. Um, a nice player, Landry Shamit, a nice player. Kind of fell here the past couple weeks. Um, some had him going into the second round. Um, he, however, has uh, did uh, did go to 26, and they took Shake Milton with the 54th pick. Um, a 6'6 uh, point guard slash uh, shooting guard, and Shake Milton can really fill. Uh, he can really fill it up from deep. They went guard heavy here, Cam. They went guard heavy with Zaire Smith, Landry Shamit, and Shake Milton. Possibility that they might not think Markel Fultz is going to work out. Trust the process. I don't know. I mean, oh, and then they just went guard heavy, and I see all three of these guys uh, having some type of particular role in this organization. Uh, however, I'm not a huge Zaire Smith fan um, yet. Um, you know, his ability to uh, fly, his ability to rebound and dunk basketballs is fantastic. I just am I'm still unsure about his overall game. Um, but kudos, Philadelphia. Philadelphia loading up, trying to get that backcourt ready in case maybe Markel Fultz doesn't work out. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this just proves to be a fallback plan for the former number one pick, Markel Fultz. Uh, it, it, you know, he didn't really play that much last season. He dealt with injuries, and uh, it, there was one point where his shot form looked so broken. It had fans really discouraged. Uh, so we'll see. I think that uh, the 76ers did need some guards. Um, just to fill in some spots, fill in the bench a little bit. But it proves this could be the fallback option if Markel Fultz does not pan out for the 76ers. I give their I give their draft a C. DeAndre Ayton went number one overall to Phoenix. Seven foot one uh, center from the University of Arizona, and this guy's just really good at basketball. Seven foot one. He can score inside. He can score outside. He can guard. He can block shots. He can rebound. This guy can do. He can do it all, Cameron. And, uh, you know, the Suns are getting a really good basketball player. And to follow that up, a trade with the 76ers, they got Michael Bridges as well. Michael Bridges, another guy that is just a very nice prospect, a nice basketball player. The Suns really got better over the draft. Um, they also took Ely Akubu, um, a point guard from France that we – and they got him at 31, and we had him mocked at 18 to San Antonio. Um, man, I tell you, this is a great, this is a great get. This guy came on really, really strong um, at the end of the year um, in France, and he, uh, and man, I tell you, he was testing really high. This is an outstanding get, and then to add George King, um, a very underrated prospect from Colorado. Man, I love what Phoenix did. I give Phoenix an A. I like what Phoenix did, too. They got two of the top ten draft picks. I really like Mikael Bridges a lot, high on him. And, you know, DeAndre Aiden, he was just the unanimous number one pick in the whole draft. This guy was, um, you know, I, I mean, Marvin Bagley, that's nothing against him. He had a great season. I think DeAndre Aiden was just a man among boys when he was playing college basketball. I give the Suns an A-plus for their draft night. The Portland Trailblazers. Head scratcher here. Took Anthony Simmons at 24 from IMG Academy, a guy that originally committed to the University of Louisville. And when Rick Patino left, decided not to play. 
I don't know how I feel about that one. That that one really this this one really shocked me because I actually thought Simmons might slide into the second round. But then Portland kind of made up for it by taking Gary Trent Jr., who I really do like. Uh, um, a guy that I think is going to be a prolific three-point shooter at or in Portland. And uh, a guy that will win, you mark it down, will win a three-point shooting contest in an all-star game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm indifferent. I give this a, I give this a C-plus draft for Portland. Yeah, I think Portland here. Uh, I'm not huge on Anthony Simons. I think that, uh, you know, you just see the pictures, you see the videos. He looks very um, underdeveloped for being this this high of a pick in the NBA draft. I mean, he's a kid still. Um, so we'll see how that goes and, and how that development works out. They're drafting uh, two shooting guards here, so we'll see how that works with the backcourt of uh, Lillard and McCollum. You know, like maybe they're looking to replace for the future. They don't. They might not see something paying out the way it should in free agency. Free agency is going to be crazy this year, so we'll have to see with that. I give them a C+. Marvin Bagley goes to Sacramento at number two. Sacramento got the best player in the draft, and I will not and I will not argue with anybody about that. Marvin Bagley III is the best player in this draft. He will be a perennial all-star. I said it about Jason Tatum, and I'm going to say it about Marvin Bagley. This guy is personifies what the NBA is right now. He's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's got the speed, and he has the talent to be able to learn to guard. I understand that there was concerns about his defense. The guy's six foot eleven, two hundred thirty-four pounds. He'll figure it out. They played a zone last year for crying out loud at Duke. Marvin Bagley is talented enough to figure it out. This guy was number one on my big board. We had him going at two to Sacramento, and now he teams up with uh, De'Aaron Fox. Bagley would have liked to have seen them maybe try to get into the draft a little more to get somebody else as well. Uh, they stayed pat with Bagley. Um, I give this pick an A minus. Yeah, I mean. I- if, if all you get in the draft is Marvin Bagley, that's that's a heck of a draft. I mean, that dude's had a great season at Duke. I think he'll, he'll game his game will translate awesome to the NBA. He'll be a great player for Sacramento. That's really all there. That's really all there is to it, you know. And MB3, he's coming to Sacktown, baby. San Antonio did something that they normally don't do, and that's take guys that have just outstanding athleticism. Lonnie Walker doesn't look like a San Antonio Spur. He doesn't seem, his game doesn't seem to feel as a guy that you would think San Antonio would have. However, San Antonio took Lonnie Walker. And Lonnie Walker is a a very solid player. And um, I am I love this pick because maybe Sacra- maybe San Antonio is gonna do some things differently. Um, as long as Pop's in charge, he will get the best out of Lonnie Walker. They are getting one of the most athletic players in the draft, um, and they took Chiminzi Mitu, uh, six foot ten power forward, also out of USC, who I thought was a um, who I definitely thought was a steal for them late. A good draft here overall for San Antonio. I give them a B. I love Lonnie Walker. I love the pick here, him falling to the 18th pick. That is uh, that is just great for the San Antonio Spurs. And I think that picture of him uh, p- 
putting on the hat and uh, just laying on his hair like that. It almost looks Elevate. Photoshop. Elevate. Man, it, that's going to be around for a long time, especially if his legacy goes on to, to be a long-lived one here in San Antonio. I like Lonnie Walker a lot. I give I give the Spurs an A- for that. Utah took Grayson Allen with the 21st pick. This surprised a lot of people because a lot of people had Grayson Allen going early second round. He snuck in at 21 to Utah. Not entirely sure what they see here unless they see a good combination of, of, of him and Donovan Mitchell. Um, they also took Vince, Vince Edwards uh, from the University of Purdue, maybe a G League guy here. Uh, Edwards was uh, had a good year at Purdue. Uh, I don't see how he really fits into what Utah's doing right now. But Cam, what do you think here with Grayson Allen? I mean, do you think do you think uh, you know what what are they projecting this guy to be a point guard? Are they projecting him to be a shooting guard? Is he a bench guy? What is Grayson Allen in Utah? I'll be honest with you, I was surprised when I saw Grayson Allen go this high, and I, I thought he should have been later. But the more I think about it, you know, I actually love this pick for Utah. And I think Grayson Allen has such a, a great basketball IQ. Him and Donovan Mitchell can do some work together. And I love how Donovan Mitchell came up to him in his uh, in his interview right after he got drafted and said, okay, let's do this, you know. I, I, let, let's put in work. And I love the, the leadership that Donovan Mitchell has. I think him and Grayson Allen, if uh, Grayson Allen can continue to just wreak havoc for the, for the athlete he is and the shooter he is, you know, he, he could be a great player in the NBA. Like, he, he doesn't have to be an all-star to be great. He can be this great role player that fits well with the Jazz and I like what the Jazz are doing. I really, I really trust um, their organization right now in the direction they're heading in. To cap off the NBA draft in our draft grades, the Washington Wizards select Troy Brown, six foot seven shooting guard from the University of Oregon. I think Troy Brown needed to stay. That was just my simple guess on that. I, I our assumption. I felt Troy Brown needed some more time. Um, now Washington's getting a young player put on the wing with John Wall, Bradley Beal, um, who might be able to develop. But is he going to help right away? I am not entirely sure. I think this was a little bit of a reach. I think Brown was probably a late first-round guy. Um, Could have done maybe something a little bit different here. Um, however, they, this, is, this is the way Washington went. They also took Usaf Sanan, uh, 6'4", 185-pound point guard from Ukraine, a guy that uh, we probably won't see here for a little bit. Um, not overall, not really thrilled by this pick with the Wizards. I give this pick a C-. minus. Yeah, really. I think that uh, the Wizards had a great opportunity to draft um, Robert Williams at the number 15 pick, really uh, grab a guy that can be a big body for them. They don't really have a guy like that. Uh, really, I think they just chose some guys that, are, that will slip through the cracks in the rotation, and we we'll see you in G League. I give the Wizards an F. Like it, it was a bad draft for the Wizards. Well, that sums up our um, 2018 NBA draft, uh, our draft grades. Um, I you know, and we'll be ready to do this again in 2019. Uh, just a quick, we'll do a, a quick Reds recap. The Reds have won five in a row, um, and. Um, but uh, on, on the negative side of things, um, number one prospect, Nick Senzel, uh, broke his index finger. He will have season-ending um, surgery. Um, by the way, um, A.N.U. Suarez is on pace to hit 35 home runs and 123 RBIs. The Reds are 30 and 45 and have the possibility of having three guys represent them in the All-Star game, which is pretty fabulous considering where they currently are. Uh, their starting pitching has pitched well the past couple weeks. Um, 
And um, so, you know, maybe the Reds can uh, can, can, can finish strong here and uh, heading into 2000 and um, the 2018 offseason and um, 2018-19 offseason. And maybe the Reds can uh, try to put some pieces together. Um, but um, our poll questions um, coming forward to you this week. For our poll question, do you think the Denver Nuggets made the right move by drafting Michael Porter Jr. Yes or no? Also, who had the best draft? Was it the Atlanta Hawks? Was it the Phoenix Suns? Was it the Philadelphia 76ers? Or was it the Chicago Bulls? You tell us. Who had the best draft? For my guy, Cameron Clark, Ryan Smith, we will see you next time.